You're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. And today in studio, I have with me Vince Hayward. He is the CEO of Camellia Brand Beans. And y'all, this company has been around for 100 years, and he is the fourth generation. So I am so glad to have you today, Vince. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Very kind of you. Well, we, and we're 100 years old this year. And to be clear, uh, I'm not 100 years old. I just I just want to make that distinction before we get going. Well, you've had a, a lot of years in this industry in a family that has been in this industry for generations. Yeah. Is Was there a moment in your childhood when you realized how important camellia beans were to the community? No. You grow up and everything's normal and... And, you know, we have, you know, we eat beans at least once a week, probably two, three times a week. But um, no, never really understood the implication of, of how a dish can be connected to a city and a culture and a tradition and all things like that until I actually, you know, became part of the company after um, graduating college. And, and um, you know, I, I tell you when it really dawned on me was I would... You know, I started off as a salesman for our company, and I, I, I'm, I'm in a store, and I've got a shirt on that has the name, and people would just stop me and say, oh, my goodness, you're with Camellia, and, you know, I need to tell you this. My my you know, sister moved away, and I have to buy seven pounds of beans and send them to her every month because she won't, you know, she won't leave us alone unless we send her red beans, so um so yeah, that was that was kind of how it began to to dawn on me. Hey, this is this is more than just a the, a, a product in a grocery store. And I think it really is to so much of us. And here in South Louisiana, our food traditions define our our own personal family histories. And sure. uh, Camellia sure. red beans are so important in that. You know what? kind of knowledge has your family passed down to generations uh you know from your great great grandfather is there anything that has to do with camellia that you go oh my gosh this has been passed down for so many generations and we're following it still i think what immediately comes to my mind when you ask a question like that is that beans are an agricultural product um and every year is different so every the beans are harvested once a year. So um, the harvest happens one time a year, every year. Every year is different. The color is different. The quality is different. The, so understanding that um, uh, you know we need to we need to know we need to know how to um, navigate that because some years are better than others, and 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 um, so it's uh, there's a lot more than meets the eye. So in terms of the 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 beans themselves. Yeah, it took years and years and years to really understand the nuances, the ins and outs of the beans that we um, supply under our brand. Yeah. Now, for for the history of Camellia, you know, you've been around for a hundred years. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what the early days were like and how that got you to where you are today? Um. 
the you know it's it's a good question um the the of course a lot's changed in 100 years and i will say this you know our company's been around 100 years we were actually in the bean business before that because we uh we were um um in the food business uh before we even had a company um so you know the sort of the, our family is has, has always been in the food business uh in one way or the other so um and yeah times are uh, very different today, but I tell you, it's sort of a duplicity there because um, uh, so much is the same. You know, we're just sort of focused on on um, the the we're, we're sort. Of, I mean, we're we're kind of like nerds, really. I mean, we're, we 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 love beans. That's all we sell is beans. We um um uh, we we focus on them, and and uh, we're bean people. And we've just for whatever reason, that's just all we've ever done. It's like is is focus on these beans that that we um that we sell. And it's, it's a pretty simple um, idea. You buy beans the best you can. You make sure they're very clean. You make sure they're sorted. You make sure they're, they're going to cook like your customers want them to cook and you put them in a package, but there's a lot to it, you know, and, um, and, and for whatever reason, it's become a, a dish that, that the city has really fallen in love with and become part of really part of the fabric of the city. And, and as a people and a culture, a lot of times we identify with that. Does that answer your question? I don't know. I kind of went, I took a left turn there, I think. But no, but it's, so, you know, I'm excited that you're excited about beans. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's what you do every day. You need to be passionate about it and excited about where, where, you know, where it comes from. And I, I want to know, you were talking earlier about how every year the agriculture is a little bit different. The beans are a little bit different. So how are y'all identifying one that the beans are going to be perfect and delicious? And are y'all working with any particular farmers to make sure that you're always getting the best stuff? Yes. Um, short answer. Um, so talk about this. Um, so one thing about being in business, as long as we have been, you, you, you know, you learn something. Uh, you make a lot of mistakes, but then you learn something. And um, we, you know, we have a very select group of growers that grow our beans for us. And um, the, 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 those growers have, you know, my grandfather did business with their grandfather. These are long-term relationships that span more than one generation. They understand exactly what it is we'll accept what it is we won't so many of the many of the you know many of those conversations are about um you know we we've got some stuff here we've got some beans here that that really aren't going to meet your quote hayward standard and that's that's kind of a moniker that came about just because we've been so selective over the years and 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 we reject way more than we accept so really it's about the selection process that happens once the beans are harvested and we can take a look, we look at things like moisture content and color and size and um, how clean they are and, and any imperfections and things like that. But really one of the most important things we look at is just how they cook and make sure that they cook like people are going to expect them to. So that's a, that's a great segue because mm -hmm. we want the beans to cook and, you know, as I travel around the world, everyone has a different opinion 
right? About how the beans should be cooked. And some people want them firm and, you know, some people Mm -hmm. want them, you know, super creamy and pasty. So how do you like your beans cooked and what do you think your customer's looking for? You know, I'm, I'm, well, what the customer looks for is I, I can't answer that. You know, the, the, I, I say that this is part of being the bean nerd I was mentioning earlier. You know, I say the pot of beans is like a blank canvas and, you know, whoever's cooking it has the, has the brush. So whatever they think is art is, it's fine by me. Right. And if you, however you want to cook and, 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 um, uh, and if you like it, I like it. I like that. You know, I'm not here to tell you you're doing it wrong. And I tell you, uh, one of the main reasons for that is because most people learn to cook from a family member, you know, a mother, a father, a grandmother taught them how to cook. That's just, you know, that's been passed on in their family, right? I'm not, I can't, you know, I'm not going to tell you that's wrong. I'm not stepping in that, you know, there's no way. So, and, you know, some people like, smoked sausage or pickle meat or smoked ham hocks or or you know any any number of things in 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 their beans that that other people may not like so you know that to me that's one of the that's one of the great things about our food culture in general is that you know there's there's different ideas and styles about what we all think is good but you know there's a few things that we all land on and that's flavor and seasoning and 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 spice and you know we all we all love those aspects of our food right um for the most part and you know personally i like smoke i like i like smoky flavor beans i like them cooked well i like them cooked i don't like them whole i'm i don't i mash my beans up you know and i like it to be thicker and um so that's the way i enjoy it um and I just my favorite thing is put them in a crock pot, go to work, come home and they're done. So I guess it's a little bit of, of a, a, you know, a laziness right there. But uh, that's 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 how I tend to do it in a crock pot. I think low and slow. I love, I love that. I do tend to do mine in a pressure cooker, but that's because that's the way my mother in law taught me. My mom so did hers a little bit more. Yeah. more slow and low, but yeah. there, there's something about the pressure cooker gives me that not solid bean <laughs> that mm-hmm. I'm often looking for. Yeah. Do you use a manual pressure cooker? I used to, but I will say that I have uh, switched over to the new school way with the instant pot because yeah. I can then uh, also use it as a slow cooker if I need to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're and, convenient. And the little rattling noise would drive my husband crazy. So he's he prefers the new one as well. <laughs> Whenever you were first learning to cook and those recipes were passed down from generations and whoever was teaching you, did you learn any tricks that would help make your bean dishes even better? Hmm. Acid, a little bit of vinegar uh, tends to give them a little bit of a crisp crispness. Sometimes it's kind of fun, or like a seasoned vinegar, you know, pepper vinegar or something like that is good on top. I think I think sometimes we overlook that um, in cooking. How, how much of a how much how much of a difference that can make? Yeah. Are you a? Do we need to soak the beans? What's the rule on that? 
So soaking is about hydration. Like, you know, they need to be rehydrated so they get sop. Um, the short answer is no, you don't have to. The long answer is they will cook faster if you if you do because that hydration process has already been done. So um, depending on the age of the beans themselves, how long ago did you buy them? You know, like if you bought them last year and or, and they sat in your pantry and, you know, they're 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 old and yeah that, that could make a tremendous difference you know so you know are you did you did you find them behind your 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 can of uh <laughs> you know just soup you know oh i need to cook these yeah you're gonna want to soak those if you just bought them at the grocery store recently you don't have to you know it adds a few minutes to the cook time but not much well and that's so funny that you say that because there are times that i go oh the beans are on sale i'm gonna buy a few packs and then when i do soak them they start growing and i go okay i don't need all of these packs and now i'm starting to realize that they are so much there there's a freshness that you don't necessarily want them sitting there for three years even though they possibly could they will i mean they can yeah it's just a matter of how long they'll take to cook now whenever you're you know, looking at what you do every day for camellia beans, you know. I, uh, so my question for you is, I assume that you get an opportunity to travel around and talk to people mm-hmm. uh, and kind of preach the good news of Louisiana cuisine through camellia beans, but how do you get other people outside of our local community passionate about them? Well, we don't. What we do is we share the stories of people that are. And, uh, you know, we do that through things like social media and marketing and advertising. But that's what we do. We talk about the experiences of the, that we, th- we share the stories that our consumers um, talk about. And that is that's about the tradition of the dish, how long it's been going on, what it sort of how it how it, it it's identified with one of the truly great food cities of the world and how it's a sort of exemplifies a lot of the the um the 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 style of cooking and the and the and and the type of of things that are important to us as cooks um you know that being flavor and consist you know all those all those things and um so that's really what we talk about and um we just also talk about being a fanatic um kind of fanatical about quality and appearance and cook and, and, and things like that. So that's where our language is, but really it's about, the, it, most of it really falls um, into how a, how a dish, a food dish has become, is important to a city. That just generically speaking is a very unique relationship. And, um, you know, if you if you think of you know you think what you think about Boston, what are they like clam chowder? Like that's their dish, right? And you think, oh, if I go to Boston, I have to eat that because that's what they're really known for. You might go somewhere and eat crabs or lobster or, or whatever, you know. But but those are you. So when you're when you're having when you're cooking this and you're eating this, you're really having an experience that that you could you know that that would be similar to if you traveled to our city. And red beans are so important, right? We know that every, I can tell you that my grandmother would make her big pot of red beans. And on Monday, all of her kids would come over with 
you know, a container and take their container of beans home uh, for their families because she made the big giant pot. And when people come to New Orleans, that's one of, you know, the signature dishes people want to try. So how are y'all celebrating the red bean in particular? Um, well, you know, part, okay. First of all, I need to say this to you, Amy, as you talked about this, um, memory you had of your grandmother and the big pot of beans and the family coming over with, uh, dishes so they could take them home and eat them the next day. And we all know they're better the next day, right? Your face literally lit up. I could see on your face that you were having a great memory there and that you were having a, you were, you were reliving that connection, right? And this experiences with your family. And that's what we talk about internally and externally. You know, when we, when I talk to our team, you know, it was like, hey, we're not selling beans. We're selling, we're selling, you know, opportunities for families and friends and groups to come together and 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 just be together and 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 have experiences that they'll remember for the rest of their life. And here you are, you're emulating that right now. You're talking about these experiences that you'll have forever. So to me, that's one of the magic. That's one of the magic things that we have about food. That's, that's our culture. We just love food so much. Not because not we're gluttonous, and we are. You know, we love a lot of food. But, but because it, it connects us to, 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 to our culture, which is about caring and being together and, and celebrating life and the joie de vivre and all these things that make us unique and special and desirable. When people visit our city, they're like, oh, my God, I love this place. The people are so nice. They're laughing and having fun so that's all of that you know is combined right and and um i guess i might be going back to your previous question which is you know how do, what, do you, what do you talk about that right there that's what we talk about and we try and communicate it but really it's even something that's a little difficult to verbalize you almost just have to experience it right but um part of our hundredth year celebration you know we're, we've been planning this for a couple years and and one of the things i was adamant about is like Okay, we're going to celebrate 100 years, but this isn't going to be like a big drum. We're just going to beat and say, hey, we're 100 years. You know, you should, you know, look at us. So like just the opposite. We want to use this as an opportunity to really give back to the community and celebrate and thank the community. Hey, we're here because you supported us all these years. Right. And that's how, you know, we're sort of choosing to celebrate that milestone for us. Um, and, we're, you know, we're we're. I think food insecurity is a big concern and cause for us as a as a company. So we're, we're we're making some large donations to Second Harvest Food Bank, a wonderful organization that serves our community in big ways. Um, we're very involved with a the, sort of the the Red Beans, the crew of Red Beans parade that happens in our city, and that's sort of a, a whole nother conversation right there. And they're you know we're helping them develop their their crude in called Beanlandia. And that's a that's going to be an educational and cultural experience to really try and teach you know kids and visitors about you know the the wacky people that live in New Orleans and the <laughs> the fact that they love beans you know, and then we're you know we're touring schools right now we're going to we're we're having red beans and rice day at schools and same thing we're showing them we we have a film that we developed that talked about that talks about uh, this love affair that the city has with New Orleans and we're sharing that with the kids and. And we're having little fascinating conversations with sixth graders. It's just a, a lot of fun. So that's what we're busy doing right now. 
if you got any suggestions, I'm certainly open to it. Well, I want to know what the sixth graders are asking you and if they're arguing uh, with each other about what their mama taught them on how to cook beans. You know, it's so funny. Kids are fascinated by the things that just catch you off guard, right? You think they might, that might be a question you think they ask, but they don't. They ask you things like, um, how do you, how do you get beans from one place to another? Like, how do you, do you have machines or do you have people that are just filling the bags? Or, you know, they're very interested in these unique aspects and the, there's no limits, there's no boundaries to their questions, right? They're very, you know, one thing that they're, that I think I've just been, and these are all um, uh, charter schools we're going to in the city of New Orleans. Um, and the kids are very interested in business. They, they really want to just want to talk about business, you know, and how do you, how do you get into business? How do you, what's it like being in business? How do you run a business? So a lot of things like that. How does it feel to you as, you know, a multi-generational uh, New Orleanian to be able to give back to those kids and, and help them not just answer questions about cooking beans, but clearly steer some of their entrepreneurship path? It's a great question. It's really, it's changed me in a lot of ways, I tell you that, because I didn't expect to um, have those experiences with those kids, right? And um, it's, it's, it's it's uh, in some ways it's kind of re- got kind of rejuvenated. It give me a little more optimism about uh, the future of our city. <laughs> you know, looking into the eyes of these bright, shining, uh, just curious, energetic, lovely children, and to say, hey, these are the future citizens of our city. This is amazing. Yeah. How many have asked if they can come work with you and <laughs> learn a little bit more? A lot have asked if they could come visit. Yeah. And I don't really do that, but I'm like, okay, we have to do that. We've not, we've not done it ever. You know, I'm like, okay. Cause you know, the last thing you want to do is smush someone's kid. Right. <laughs> Correct. And I tell you what I have learned firsthand, how big and heavy those beans can be. I do a lot of disaster relief work and uh, I guess it was right at the beginning of COVID y'all donated beans to Second Harvest and their kitchen was kind of busy and they it was crazy. And they had 2,000 pounds of red beans that needed to be cooked. And we were able wow. to get chefs from around the city to help cook them. And uh, Chef Jordy with uh, Dickie Brennan's group said, bring the big giant thing of beans over here I'll cook them. And when I got there and I saw it looked like the basket of a hot air balloon, it was so big. And I thought, I know what it's like when you soak one pound of beans in a bowl that's too small. I can't even imagine what Chef Jordy's going to go through cooking all of these beans. That was probably 3,000 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all do so much for the community, and every time there's a flood, a hurricane, uh, y'all are some of the first people to say, hey, we got this. Here's some product. Let's get it out to to people in need. And I'll never forget that I had a group that we delivered meals to, and they said, oh, my gosh. These are New Orleans chefs that cooked these disaster meals. And I said, how do you know? And they go, the red beans we got from the other truck. No, 
those weren't the right ones. How you like that? And, and so you realize not only yeah. did you give them a local product, but you mm-hmm. gave them the love of a local chef who cooked it. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, when things were not going well for them and they were dealing with a flooded home, kind of like you said, there's this this happy memory that brought them back to a better time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. What a great story. Now for you, are there times in your career where you look back and you go, Camelia got this right. We really, really got this right. No. <laughs> I look back and go, I don't know how we made this work. So, no. you know, um, great question. I, I I tell you the 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 thing that occurs to me is is to is I sort of look back and say, um, how does some how does a how does a, a food dish become so important to people? You know, that's really where my brain goes. How does this, you know, what's where where does this come from? How does this happen? You know, and and you know, my personality is such that I'm really more focused on the future. I'm uh, and really more focused on what we can do to be better. Like, you know, how do, how how can we do this better? How can we how can we do it? You know, um, and and expand maybe expand our business to more people or 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 you know take take on more um uh retailers or things like that that's really where most of my thoughts kind of reside so yeah but yeah it's it's i feel very very honored and privileged to be in the role that i am i'm also i've put myself under a lot of pressure not to screw it up you know it's like i don't want to be the guy ran the car in the ditch so that's you know that's most of my most of my efforts are about making sure that our company remains vibrant and relevant and viable going into the future and with the way that the food industry changes and the way that agriculture has seen its share of challenges and people, you know, companies need to innovate and they need to embrace technology. What do you see that Camellia beans will change and what will never change? Yeah. Good, good question. So, um, a lot of changes have taken place on the sort of I would call it supply chain side in terms of the you know how, how things are delivered and how business is transacted and how you even you know communicate. You know, it wasn't that many years ago when I first started the company in the in the nineties. Uh, um, all of our business was done on a telephone. You know, people would call us and say, "Hey, can you send this?" Can you? Send? We would take orders. We had pads. You know, we'd write it down on a pad and. And give it to our production team, and they would, fill, you know, the, the telephone doesn't ring here anymore. Like there's no, there's no phone calls. Everything's, you know, electronic and automated, and and you know, on repeat, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So technology and, and you know, our machinery is very different today than it was. It's all computer controlled and much more efficient. And so technology, so, you know, changes the nature of business for sure. The thing that won't ever change, I love this question. This is a great question. The thing that won't ever change is our commitment to the consumer that's buying our product. Our, our understanding that if, if there's someone that's that's um, 
pushing a grocery cart through a store, which that's changing too, right? But anyway, there's someone pushing a cart through the store and they stop in front of our product and they reach down, they pick it up, they put it in our basket. That person has an expectation that what they've just done is not going to be a, a, a poor decision on their part. It's not going to be something that lets them down or hurts them or disappoints them in any way. It's a recognition that, you know, if you, if Amy goes to the store or buys a pound of our, our beans and then spends time to add ingredients and cook it and then serves it to her family or her friends, you know, there's a moment in which, you know, there's a moment in which people sit out and taste your food and they're, and, and they're making a decision if they like it or not. And you're sort of sitting there waiting to see how they, how they you know, that moment right there, that's where, that's where our commitment is. So that'll never change ever. You know, some of the things, you know, if you're going to buy your groceries on Instacart or whatever, you know, those things change and we have to respond, you know, but, but at the end of the day, you know, we have a commitment to Amy, you know, not, not anyone else. It's, that's where that lies. That's, that's where we're focused as a company. I love that because that, that moment can go either way, right? When people sit down, depending upon that product, Mm -hmm. even if you're the best chef in the world, if that product has some kind of problem, that can go either way. And then everybody looks at you and says, yeah, you're not that good. You thought you were good, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. No one wants that, especially something like beans. It takes a, takes a long time to cook. Like you're, this is a commitment, you know, you know, you, you know, I don't want to let you down. I don't want you calling me, you know, hey, what you doing over there? <laughs> and that's why the phone's not ringing, right? Yeah, it because... doesn't ring. <laughs> Well, we're almost out of time, but I want to ask you one more question. Yeah. I want to know what the most underappreciated bean is that you'll have that, that the, you know, people need to taste. Lentils. I think lentils are an amazing bean. First of all, they cook in like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. They cook super fast. They absorb seasoning like no other. Okay, they're just a small little tender. They're actually not even a bean. They're in their own category. Lentils and beans are two different things. But anyway, um, so um, they they absorb seasoning like crazy, and they just have this. I think just this fantastic texture, and and you can just you can just make them just rock. They can light your world on fire. Nice, you know, spicy bowl of lentils, and. Um, I, I think they're very underappreciated. That's my that's that's my second favorite bean. <laughs> Red beans are my first, but yeah. And for my listeners out there, I think mm-hmm. the face that I made talking about my grandmother, uh, Vince just made that <laughs> happy true. like moment face whenever he was <laughs> explaining that to us. So yeah. uh, I appreciate you sharing that so that people can go out and kind of go beyond the bean into the lentil. Uh, As we're closing up, can you tell everybody how to find out more about Camellia Beans and and what y'all are doing? Just CamelliaBeans.com. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah, that easy. Thank you for that. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I enjoyed it. For my listeners out there, we had uh, Mr. Vince Hayward with Camellia Beans talking all the awesome things about red beans, lentils, and everything else in between. If uh, you want to find out more, go check out their website, 
and thank you for listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.